Recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Smallfish Radio Theater and Thespinarium. Approximately 20-minute variety hour. We're your hosts, Herzovi and Green, sharing the podcast waves with... Joy Thorbjornson Coates and Miss Kitten. Along with today's special guest, Mark Cater. Welcome to Once Upon a Thespinarium, a weekly flash fairy tale to keep you dreaming. Today's story is about trolls. No, it isn't. With today's story, Michael Herzovi. Once upon a time, there was a sad little vegetable called broccoli. The king of vegetables, broccoli wore many crowns upon its head and was the most interesting and artistic of the cabbage family. You would think this would make broccoli happy, but broccoli was incredibly depressed. You see, deep down, everyone hated him. This made him bitter, which of course made people hate him even more. If given a choice, even he would rather have an orange than a bite of himself. Blech. Even the people who pretended to like him didn't really. They just spent time with him because they were told it was good for them. Sure, people took him home because they wanted to give him the right impression. But as soon as he was there, he was usually neglected. He was one of God's little jokes. Looks beautiful, but tastes like something you would sit on. And the smell, if he were thrown into a pot of boiling water, well, it was enough to make children not come home for dinner. There were some people who liked broccoli. Psychoanalysts were particularly fond of broccoli because many adults ended up in therapy over being forced to eat broccoli as children. Church pastors liked to use eating your broccoli as a metaphor for honoring thy father and mother. This did not help broccoli's cause. So like his cousin, the Brussels sprout, broccoli often ended up rotting at the bottom of the crisper until it stunk up the butter and ended up in the trash. Butter. Asshole. So it came to pass that eventually all of the other happy items in the refrigerator got very tired of listening to Broccoli cry itself to sleep each night. At one point, there were three whole bunches of Broccoli rotting and crying in the crisper together. Their collective tears formed a lake that allowed the youngest, freshest stalk to stand up and declared, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I deserve to be on the cover of Better Homes and Gardens as much as the apple pie does. He repeated this over and over, until the Brussels sprouts, the green beans, and all the other broccoli chimed in. They soon flooded out of the crisper and began to stalk the other items, the cheese, the mushrooms, the butter. They fought so hard the refrigerator door flew open, and they landed on the floor. Look at this mess. Will it? It's always perfectly good cheese. Before you could say Julia Child, they were whisked to the countertop and chopped to bits. Oh, the indignity of it all. The poor cheese, shredded, and then mushrooms, the bottom of the food chain, thrown in with the broccoli. And then, was that, no, a, a blanket of potato chips? Oh, would the torture inflicted on these bitter vegetables never end? Mercifully, at the end... They were drowned in mushroom soup, fainting before being popped into the abyss. When they awoke about an hour and 15 minutes later, they were met with a surprise. Then they were all melted in a pan together, awaiting their next adventure. Broccoli knew he would never be bitter again. The moral of the story is, 
Life is like a casserole. A little cheese and mushroom soup can bring us all together. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's more about um, cheese. Cheese cooking. Well, cheese with does, cheese. With cheese. Yeah. Cheese does make everything better. Yeah. It does well, make but, everything better. But what about the moral of the story? It is, is true that broccoli ends up like not getting used. Did you know that? 100 calories of broccoli has more protein than 100 calories of meat. No. I did not know that. Uh, no, that's because I think it's about the cheese. Is it okay? Is it it is this story was brought to you by a rainy afternoon and a bag of cheese popcorn. See? Cheese. You think you're so smart. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Cheese. And now a word from our sponsor. Feeling old? Longing to be young again? Then you need the Youth Anizer, the remarkable Bluetooth music pillow. Here's how the Youth Anizer works. Plug the Bluetooth music pillow into our specially designed digital music player. Select your favorite decade from the 1940s through the 1980s, then drift off to sleep. Soon your brain tricks you into believing you're young again. Improved memory, increased muscle strength, better manual dexterity, and a cheery outlook of life are yours. Available exclusively at youthniser.com. Not to be used while driving, operating heavy machinery, or making job decisions. In some cases, use of euthanizer may be habit-forming, leading to a sudden outbreak of zits and a desire to reread your grandparents' National Geographic magazines in the attic. There are a million cats in the big city. Each one has a tale to tell. Sometimes those tales are curled into mysteries that need solving. I'm Tabby Fleverwinkle. I'm a cat. Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye, in color. Tonight's episode, The Case of the Mysterious Red Dot. It was a cold and cloudy morning, the kind of morning where you want to wake up your owner by meowing endlessly. It was the beginning of autumn, so I thought I'd get into the office early and do some spring cleaning. I barely started licking my paws when this powder puff of a puss entered. Is this the detective agency? It ain't the yoga studio. I got the cat part down, but having trouble with the cow. I need help. Bad. Nobody ever needs help. Good. You're another breed of client for me. An uptown cat. What are you doing downtown? I couldn't risk catty remarks from all the glamour pusses. I know those conceited beauty parlor types. And you were one of them until you needed help they couldn't give. Let me guess. Your name's Fluffy. How did you... Detective, remember? Now what's your problem? I'm being haunted. Did you say haunted or hunted? Haunted. As in spooks? I'm thinking more demons. Maybe you should call Ghostbusters. Their number wasn't listed. Yours was. And you'd let your paws do the walking. Will you help me? Yeah. Just to prove I ain't no scaredy. You will be, Tabby. You will be. Fluffy walked me back to her place. 
a beautiful condo uptown. It certainly was the pajamas, and not a shred of cat hair in sight. So, where's this specter of yours? Just wait. It always shows up around this time. She fed me some of her fancy cat food while we waited. I was about to doze off when it appeared as suddenly as a zit on a teen the night of a prom. A glowing red dot that started moving toward the door. Usually I'm a cool customer, but something about that dot made my fur fly. Fluffy and I raced to grab it as if our feet were on hot bricks. Meow, meow. Oh, it's over there. Quick, oh. quick move. Got it. <laughs> Dang. Oh, oh. Darn it. As quickly as it appeared, it vanished. I take it that was your ghost? Terrifying, wasn't it? I'll never be able to nap again. Don't lose your fur, Fluffy. There has to be an... Ah! It's back! The logical explanation? The dot kept jumping toward the door. Any idea why, Fluffy? No, it's usually flying insanely around the living room. Interesting. Let me sniff out some clues. For a five-star joint, Fluffy's pad was pretty plain. The only scents I picked up were ammonia and vodka. Hey, what's upstairs? I'm not allowed up there. It's forbidden. Well, I don't play by the rules. No, don't! I made my way up those forbidden steps. Halfway there, the red dot returned. It slowly moved down the stairs. I had to fight every instinct to follow it and get to the top of the staircase. I made it. The red dot flew furiously in my face like a firefly from hell. But at the end of the light, I saw a human. I leapt at it and scratched up the hand holding the light. Hey! (laughs) Tabby, what are you doing? Exercising your ghost. But I gotta run before your human throws me in the slammer. I tore out of there like a cheetah caught cheating. The human was a fat, um, cat who couldn't chase me past the front door. Its bleeding hand was my insurance that it'd be a long time before it teased Fluffy with that red dot again. To my surprise, Fluffy's puffy tail graced the door of my office the next day. Don't tell me the ghost's back already. My house is clean. I slept like a kitten. I came to pay you for your services. I work for Kibble. How about a month's supply of that fancy food? I'll take it, though I may end up looking like a king. So another case was closed, like a bedroom door you'd meow in front of at four in the morning. Mmm. Mmm. That's the good stuff. Tune in next time for another exciting adventure of Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye. And welcome to Bad Poetry Corner and Jokes. Bad Poetry and Jokes, that's right. You decide which is which. Ode to the Nun in the Bathroom Wall 
Oh, wood-paneled wall in Grandma's back bathroom. Many an hour have I spent staring at the shapes in your wood grain that appear so random, but really are terribly scary. There's the sea monster shape near the corner of the floor, and the inchworm so carefully hiding. But the nun in her habit that glares while I sit on the toilet has caused me many hours of crying. Wow. Uh, maybe we should talk about this off the air. Hmm? This is some serious stuff. No, it isn't. It's just a poem. Nuns crying? I don't know her, Zoe. I'm, I'm kidding. It was a silly poem about the paneling. Uh -huh. You know, paneling? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe he needs a joke. Yes, tell a joke. Lighten the mood. Uh, two, two, two antennas meet on a roof, uh, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should tell that to Xfinity. That's a good one, reception. An invisible man married an invisible woman. I heard the kids were nothing to look at either. I went to buy some camouflage trousers the other day, but I couldn't find any. Wow. Duck, I can't stop singing the green, green grass of home. Well, that sounds like Tom Jones syndrome. Is it common? Well, it's not unusual. Da, 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 da. And that was bad poetry with jokes. You decide which is which. Ba, ba, da, da. And now, words of wisdom with Master Keita. A Man with No Brain, a story from Algeria. Once, a long, long time ago, a young man wandered outside. It was a crisp, invigorating day. He decided to go for a walk. He hadn't gone very far when he came upon some fellows he knew. They were all dressed in uniforms some with bits of armor and helmets. All were carrying weapons of one sort of another, spears, swords, bows and arrows, clubs and knives. Where are you going? We are going to battle. The enemy is near. They pounded on their chest. <laughs> noises. Why is there going to be a battle? We're not really sure, though I have heard that the enemy has boasted they are stronger than us. We will prove them wrong. We will. And there was more yelling and screaming. Yeah, we're going to kick their... I've never seen a battle. May I come along and watch? Sure, if you like, but we warn you it will be dangerous. So the young man followed along. It wasn't long before they marched over a hill to see the two armies arrayed against each other. On their side, all the good soldiers were lined up. Across the plain were the enemy soldiers, dressed in their uniforms and armed to the teeth. There were trumpets blaring and drums beating. Combatants were yelling insults across the no man's land that separated them. Across the plain, the enemy archers had already loaded their bows. They were waiting for the order to fire. One of the archers was nervous. His sweaty fingers slipped, releasing the arrow he was holding. The arrow arched through the sky. Both sides gasped. Shh! The first shot had been fired. All the soldiers were watching the arrow. They started yelling. Oh, look out! The young man looked up. The arrow landed in his head. Ah! 
he collapsed, stunned. He was rushed to the medical tent. The doctor examined him. I'm sorry, my boy. I cannot remove the arrow because it is too deep. If the tiniest amount of brain is on it when I pull it out, you will surely die. The wounded boy thought for a moment. That's okay, Doc. Pull away. If I had any brains at all, I never would have gone to war in the first place. Portions of today's program are brought to you by Gino to Kid Patella's Quick Set Designer Cement Shoes. Available in high performance, ultra high performance, and micro reinforced ultra high performance concrete. For that special rat in your life, try our stamped concrete. Available in gold, platinum, and diamond studded. Gino the Kid Patella's Quick Set Designer Cement Shoes. Swim with the fishes in style. And that's all for this week's Small Fish Radio Theater's approximately 20-minute variety hour. Got a story to tell, a good joke, a bad poem, a hellacious haiku, a flash fairy tale? Head to our submissions page and find out how that special person, guest, Whatever could be you. And thanks to today's contributors. Tom Mizoraka, John Tom Pugh, Mark Cater, Trina Kakasik, and MJ Kelly. If you like what you heard, head to our website at www.smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. Wherever you go to listen, it's always free. This approximately 20-minute variety hour features the talents of Mark Cater, Kat Dean, Michael Herzobi, Joy Therbjornson Coates, and Michael John Kelly. Directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Smallfish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Thanks for listening.